of the Sports Key Podcast. It is episode number 137. My name, of course, is Alex Reamer, and it is October the 15th, 2022, as we make our way through this uh, very spooky month. Ooh, yeah, Halloween. Very scary. Coming right up, halfway there. Uh, hopefully, you all had a nice long weekend. Uh, last weekend, I was in New York, had a great time grooving around the city. Thank you for asking. And my weekend, I think, got off to the best start possible because I talked to a real-life gay entrepreneur who's made a great life for himself selling lube. (laughs) I.L. Feldman, of course, is the CEO of Boy Butter, very popular lube company, uh, and they got on our radar a few weeks ago when a reader told us that they saw a Boy Butter ad during an NFL Network replay of Thursday Night Football that prompted me to get in touch with I.L., talk to him about his brand, Boy Butter, and why he's advertising on NFL Network During NFL games, ESPN, he told us last week he has a new campaign coming up that's going to run on Fox Sports as well. Yes, that Fox Sports. And I thought it was a really interesting conversation, not just about how do you pursue your dreams, in this case, a lube company, but marketing to sports fans. IL says that they have not received one complaint since his ads started playing prominently on ESPN over a year ago. And he says sales have been great. The bottom line shows it, that sports fans are an untapped market for lube companies. So what would you know? But what I found really interesting from a cultural perspective is their commercials, as you would suspect, very sexually charged. Their most recent one, which is currently playing on ESPN, NFL Network, and I imagine will run on Fox Sports 2, features two very hunky men, shirtless, chasing each other down the shoreline in Malibu, very homoerotic. And Ayel's point is... People of all orientations and all stripes respond well to beautiful men. And I think he's onto something there. And obviously there are a lot of negatives to masculinity, which I've spent a fair amount of time on this show discussing. But there are positives to it as well. And those positives don't always get get portrayed, especially in an artistic fashion. Um, And I.L. Feldman has made it his mission to kind of do that. So I think it's pretty cool. Uh, So if you missed that conversation, that's a long tease to tell you to uh, go back and listen. So, but that was last week. On to this week. Uh, It was National Coming Out Day this past Tuesday on OutSports. We re-promoted many of our hundreds of coming out stories over the years, some of our favorites. Um, I feel obligated every National Coming Out Day to make a post, a tweet. It's probably a little cheesy and corny, but what are you going to do? And it fits into what I want to talk about here. I came out nine years ago, so almost a decade. Wow, this will be like, wow, coming up in my 10th year of being an out gay. I really uh, break down my life into, sorry about that, people trying to text me while I'm doing the show. Can you believe it? Uh, the iMessage is silenced. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I really break down my life into two categories, and that is before coming out and Post coming out, kind of my version of BCAD, before Christ, after death. I'm not sure if that's how they still teach it in schools, but you get the point. And um, my AD, my, well, not after death, my after birth, really, after my true birth as an out gay man is coming up on its 10-year mark. That's pretty cool. And I used to think that the it gets better mantra was so cheesy when I was growing up in the mid-aughts into the early 2010s. They used to show that all the time. Oh, it gets better. And you'd have Ellen and Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> and these other uh, gay LGBTQ celebrities stand up and make a cheesy 30-second ad. It gets better. 
and eh, just never really did it for me. But I can truly say that each year does get better. That is so true. And what they really were talking about in those campaigns is not just, oh, it gets better. You'll be more, you'll feel more accepted. And it really is about, it gets better because you become much more comfortable in your own body. You become much more comfortable in your own skin. When I came out, I've written about it many times and I've said it on the show, I'm sure. My gay life really began and ended in the bedroom. I came out uh, before my junior year of college. I was fortunate, beyond fortunate, that my great group of friends uh, supported me and were still great and nothing changed at all. Parents great, all that. But I never pushed myself to really get to know the gay community because I was still really getting to know myself. So I would go on Tinder in these dating apps and meet guys for drinks and then try to hook up with them after. And that was really what my gay life was up until post-grad. And it's an evolving process. I remember my first boyfriend. I met some of his friends one night at a party and a few of them had more effeminate voices and uh, mannerisms about themselves. And I really was uncomfortable with that. I did not really know how to respond to that. I even remember making a few kind of rude comments to my boyfriend at the time about how uncomfortable I was and about how I didn't understand effeminate voices. What's up with that? Um, and I look back at that and really, really cringe, but I think that's a good thing from the standpoint that I've grown and evolved a lot since then. And then you start going out in the gay community and you start going to gay bars for the first time and just being there. I was talking about this with a friend the other night and just being there was such a intoxicating experience and it still seemed kind of mischievous. I had that feeling in my stomach like this is so weird. Here I am at this gay bar and it's all gay guys here and what's that? Whitney Houston? I kind of heard of her. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's it's this whole different world and it comes along with a whole different set of rules and, and customs. And I, it's, it's, I maintain, I forget who said this, who I originally heard this from, but it's something that I've said many times. Being a gay man is so unique from many standpoints, but one of them is that you sexualize and socialize with the same people and that's not true of straight people. So there are all of these, I mean, obviously straight guys can have straight girlfriends, but you get the point. You're hanging out, you know, 10 bros, you're inviting the bros over and nobody's trying to hook up with each other. Whereas gay men, it is a much, much different situation. And a lot of gay relationships originally start as hookups and then and then they can grow into great friendships. That's been the case for me in a couple of instances. Uh, So it's, There's just a lot of things to sort out, and I'm 29 now, almost 30, and I'm not even close to there yet, but I'm much better than I was. I'm constantly evolving. I'm constantly learning, constantly becoming more comfortable with myself, and, you know, gay gay people are stunted in their growth from the standpoint that, you know, we're not really always living an out and open life when we're in high school, in college, when you, you know, would typically get that first relationship or the first kiss or the first romance or what have you, the first late night, one night stand. You don't really participate in that. So you're sorting it all out a little later in life and it can get a little messy, but that's kind of, but there's kind of something lovely about that in the sense, especially if you can look back on it. So it gets better. It really does. 
uh, every year, evolving, learning, more experiences, more tolerance, more understanding. Uh, and I've really met such an eclectic group of people uh, over these years. So, yeah, those are my little thoughts on National Coming Out Day. A few days late, but good to get them out nonetheless. Uh, in a few minutes, I want to talk about a column that said Ziegler wrote on Outsports this week. Seven reasons why more gay pro athletes don't come out. It's an undercurrent to a lot of what we do at Outsports, so I want to give kind of an updated spin on that. But before that, let me briefly talk about this little story. Uh, Jeff Passan is an MLB insider for ESPN, so consider him to be their version of Adam Schefter or Woj for baseball. And Jeff Passan got into a little hot water this week because he sent out a crude tweet to a pal of his, Fox Sports's Ben Verlander, who's the younger brother of Astros ace Justin Verlander, um, and he's a big proponent of Shohei Otani, the reigning American League MVP, and really a modern-day Babe Ruth. He can pitch. He can hit with the best of them. Just too bad he's out there playing <clears throat> for a crappy Angels team, so no one really sees him. Anyway, so Jeff Passan and Ben Verlander are going back and forth with each other on Twitter about Shohei Otani, Justin Verlander, and they're two friends. They joke around with each other in real life. So they're doing that. And then in response to one of Passon's barbs, Ben Verlander tweets out, quote, quote, grab a step stool and say it to my face, Jeffy boy. <laughs> to which Passon replies, when you're talking about Shohei, you're usually on your knees though, right? And then Ben Verlander fired right back. When you're asking me for help getting a Justin interview, you usually are too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff Passan actually deleted his tweet about how Ben Ver Verlander is always on his knees when talking about Shohei. He said, quote, earlier, a tweet directed at Ben Verlander crossed the line and was hurtful to many. I deleted the tweet and sincerely apologize. Though Ben and I have known one another for a while and often joke on Twitter, it's no excuse for my mistake. I will be better and learn from it. And of course, the problem with <clears throat> that insult when you're talking about Shohei, you're usually on your knees though, right? Is that's implying that Ben Verlander is performing a gay sex act on Shohei Otani. And it's framing that gay sex act in a negative connotation. You know, you're weak for doing that, for being on your knees. So there you go. That's why Passon apparently got some blowback, deleted the tweet, wrote the apology. Uh, it's another example of why... And obviously, this is not really a big deal, but it's another example of why any public figure should really just not joke on Twitter at all. The risk-reward, there is so much risk and so little reward. And by so little reward, I mean no reward. There's no reward to it. Obviously, Jeff Passan and Ben Verlander are good friends, and they're just joking with each other. And I don't think that one quip like that means anything about Jeff Passan's viewpoints, his leanings, or even his regular everyday vocabulary. I really don't. But, you know, obviously, he got enough blowback where he felt compelled, or his employer, ESPN, owned by Disney, uh, felt compelled to have him not only delete the tweet, but address it and apologize for it. So, ah, Twitter, it just, it, it's, it's, it's. There's there's no point in showing really any personality unless you're promoting a story or covering your beat or if you're tweeting a joke, you got to make sure it's very obvious, which of course would make it not very funny. Uh, so ugh, just Twitter is a cesspool, but it's a good example. Really anything you tweet that can be taken any which way, uh, it's best, I guess, to just delete and apologize for it. So 
the aforementioned article <clears throat> by Sid Ziegler that I wanted to close out the show here with and spend some time with you talking about is the lack of gay male pro athletes. When I started working at OutSports in winter of 2020, so coming up on my three-year anniversary, wow, I was obsessed with this topic. Why are there not more out gay male athletes? We had a little flurry in 2013, 2014 with Michael Sam, Jason Collins, Robbie Rogers, and the MLS. They all came out within, within one year of each other. And it seemed like, all right, here we go. There's now going to be a stream of gay and bi-pro athletes who follow suit and come out publicly. But in the eight plus years that have followed, that has not happened. There's no bit, there's been no stream. There's been no trickle. As Sid wrote, it's barely been a leaky faucet. Here we are at the end of 2022. We have Carl Nassib, of course, out in the NFL, playing his second season as an out gay man. The Buccaneers signed him in free agency this summer. Uh, Solomon Bates is a in minor league baseball, the pitcher. He's out. Luke Prokop, the NHL prospect. Colin Martin, who used to play in the MLS, is now playing professionally in the USL Championship. And there are a few others here and there in other countries. But when you're talking about male team sports at the pro level, there is still a huge dearth of out gay athletes. And as I said, this used to be, in my mind, the dominant issue around gay sports, LGBTQ athletics, you know, what's going on with this lack of representation with male team pro sports. But now that I've been in it for, as I said, almost three years and telling all these great stories that we do and covering all these issues that we shed a light on, I'm really like, eh, like either you're ready or not. All right, I'm going to still be here anyway. And it has no impact on my life. Eventually, I think there will be more out gay male pro athletes, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird that in eight plus years since 13, 14, as Sid Ziegler said, we fairly had a leaky faucet. But just focusing on this takes away from all the brave high school and college and people around sports and executives and coaches and, 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 and umpires and officials who are coming out and are putting themselves out there and... They're, those are the stories that I care the most about because they're the ones who are out there showing that you can be out in sports, work in sports, play sports, and have it not impact your career one iota. So that's where I fall on a lot of this stuff. But still, it is interesting to revisit why the dearth, why the lack of out gay male uh, pro athletes. And it's very important always to differentiate between the men and the women because there are far more out women athletes. In fact, <clears throat> over 20% of players in the WNBA this past season were out in LGBTQ. That is a staggering figure. Over 20%, more than one in five. Men's sports, of course, the complete opposite of that. <clears throat> so what are some reasons? Well, there are a few dynamics that we talk about all the time. Locker room talk or casual homophobia and... Even if these words and insults are not as part of the pro locker room as they once were, kids still hear them all the time growing up through high school. And when you hear this anti-gay language time and time again in the locker room, you are more drawn or more, you are more likely to withdraw yourself from that situation, right? Okay, why am I going to stick around this locker room and play this sport with these people who don't seem to be very, very big fans of me and how I identify and how I may feel about other guys. So 
I'm not going to do that. And I think that leads to a lot of gay and bi men dropping out of sports. And that's the point that I would like to highlight because it's something that I didn't really consider until I started covering this stuff. We all have different percentages of gay men in society. Some say it's 3%. Some say it's 4%. I've seen some estimates now at Gen Z, 10, 15%, but I don't know. I mean, 15% seems pretty high to me. Maybe it's people who have some LGBTQ leanings. They're fluid. I don't know. But throughout most of my life, I've heard 3 4% is the percentage of gay men in society. So I've always thought that, oh, well, if there's, let's say, 4% of gay men in society at large, then there must be 4% of gay men, that, then, you know, then 4% of the athletes in sports must be gay. You know, foreign, that must be the case. 4% in society, 4% in sports. But I don't think that's the case anymore. I, I, I really don't. I think that there are fewer gay and bi men in men's pro sports than we thought. I mentioned the figure that this year, over 20% of active players in the WNBA were publicly out as LGBTQ. And, you know, I, that shows you that there is a far greater percentage of LGBTQ women playing sports at a high level than there are in the greater population at large. And does anybody think that in the NFL, for example, nearly 25% of players are bi or gay or baseball or hockey or basketball? Of course not. So I think that tells you a lot right there. This is, we are not on equal playing field here. Women, LGBTQ women, seem to stick with sports. LGBTQ men seem to drop out. And one of the other reasons why, one of the big reasons why I think LGBTQ men drop out of these traditional team sports, football, basketball, etc., is yes, the locker room talk, I still think does play a big role. But I think that gay men too, as they grow older, are more attracted to the aesthetic sports. And I'm stealing this line from Eric Anderson, who's an LGBTQ researcher. He was quoted in Sid's piece. And... He says that, you know, gay men, I'm quote, I'm reading a quote here, are highly overrepresented in multiple other sports. Sports that are judged require aesthetic appeal and are more individualistic. We're talking about swimming, diving, etc. And I think there's truth to that. I think that gay bi men are also more attracted to aesthetic sports. And, and a reason too, I think, is there's more representation. You know, you have Tom Daly, you have all these out Olympians, and you have a dearth of representation at male team pro sports. So it's a combination of a lot of things, but I do think there's truth to that. And then there are other reasons. Sid says that people don't want to be known as the quote-unquote gay athlete. Agents play a role, and I still think that's a factor. I know a lot of people on the right side of the political aisle like to say, oh, coming out as gay is the best thing ever that you could ever do for your career. I mean, watch the, you know, watch the opportunities flow in. But I don't think that's really the case. I think that it is hard. Um, you know, and in leagues where the average playing career is only a couple years, uh, you know, I think that, you know, I think that there's a lot of trepidation there that, okay, the average NFL career is 2.2 years anyway or whatever it is. If I come out, I mean, I don't know. Is that going to be 
you know, a small little mark against me. And if it's me and another guy who has nothing to make the final spot on the roster, and is he going to get the edge over me? I do think there is some fear of that. I think that's largely naive, especially when it comes to commercial opportunities. I think there is a financial windfall that awaits gay and bi men in men's pro sports. But I'm not sure if agents, a lot of these guys who are 40s, 50s, 60s, came from a different time. I'm not sure if they have fully caught up with the new landscape yet. Like Natasha Cloud, for example, you know, out player, WNBA, very socially active. She can be a lead spokesman for a major shoe company, a lead spokesperson, rather, for a major shoe brand. But, you know, 10 years ago, even, that couldn't have happened. And I don't think a lot of agents have caught up with the current times we live in. And the other thing that Sid mentions that doesn't get enough play either because it's kind of an obvious point, but it factors into everybody's life. It's simply personal. You know, mama and grandma. Athletes are human beings, just like the rest of us. And a lot of their reasons are strictly personal. Maybe they're driven by their family's reaction. Grandparents are still in their 70s, 80s. They may not react to it well. There's that fear, that fear that they wouldn't react to it well, whether it's true or not. You know, it does exist. Most fates are still anti-gay. So there are personal reasons as well. That, and you could do another study. Are, you know, athletes who come from some of these more conservative and faith-based backgrounds, are they overrepresented? Are they overrepresented? And are they overrepresented in male team sports? And is that a reason why personal reasons here may factor in more than the greater society? But long story short, why are there not more out-pro male athletes? It's not just as easy as male sports are homophobic. There are so many things that go into it. And on National Coming Out Day, I think it's a good time to kind of reset where we are. And that's where we are. That's where we are. And I think we will see more out gay male athletes, out bi male athletes. I certainly hope so. But again, I'll still be here regardless. And the brave stories we tell from athletes all over the world will still be here as well. Whether or not the football and basketball players want to catch up to the party. This was a party, huh? Sports Kiki. Thank you as always for listening. We had a nice little Kiki. You can find me on Twitter at AlexDreamer1 is my username. That again is at AlexDreamer1. So long, everybody, and we'll talk to you next Friday, uh, next Saturday. <laughs>